You're listening to Cape Watch Radio with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through the book of Joshua. Call me sinners, poor, needy, and weak. He stands to save you now, full of pity and love, mighty power. He's willing and able, He calls you now. Oh, well, you know, there's a honeymoon period. What do you mean there's a honeymoon period? But when you're really in love with the Lord and all of a sudden things plateau. No, 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 no. Should never be a honeymoon over period. There's always should be going straight up. There's always should be a wonderful time period. Always mountaintop experiences. Even when we come to the valley, experiences of wonder, experiences of growth. My life in Christ should never plateau. It should never plateau. People hit a spiritual plateau. And when that happens, complacency settles in. Do you ever feel like you've reached a plateau in your walk with God? In today's message from Pastor Dave, he challenges us to be persistent in our walk and warns us about complacency. We need to constantly seek and search for Him so that even in the valleys we are growing and seeing the wonder of the Lord. Now here's Pastor Dave with today's edition of Cape Watch Radio. That's where the abundant life is. You've got to go there to get to the abundant life because that's where the abundant life is. Wish we would learn this lesson. The completed work of Jesus on the cross. Let's go from 7 to 24. And these are the kings of the country which Joshua and the children of Israel conquered on the side of the Jordan on the west from Baal Gad in the valley of Lebanon as far as Mount Halak to the ascent of Seir which Joshua gave to the tribes of Israel as a possession according to their divisions. In the mountain country, in the lowlands, in the Jordan Plain, in the slopes in the wilderness, and in the south, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The king of Jericho, one. The king of Ai, which is beside Bethel, one. The king of Jerusalem, one. The king of Hebron, one. The king of Jarmuth, one. The king of Lachish, one. The king of Eglon, one. The king of Gezer, one. The king of Debir, one. The king of... Gadar, one. The king of Hormath, one. The king of Arad, one. The king of Libna, one. The king of Adullam, one. The king of Makeda, one. The king of Bethel, one. The king of Tapua, one. The king of Hepner, one. The king of Aphek, one. The king of Lasheron, one. The king of Madon, one. The king of Hazor, one. The king of Shimron, Meron, one. The king of Ashva, one. The king of Tekanak, one. The king of Megiddo, one. The king of Kadesh, one. The king of Jokneum in Carmel, one. The king of Dor in the heights of Dor, one. The king of the people of Gilgal, one. The king of Tirzah, one. All the kings, 31. 31. This is the land that was conquered by Joshua after they crossed the river Jordan that we have read about. You can read for yourself that they defeated 31 kings who were very, very powerful men. Each one of them was subdued by our Lord. Each one of them was subdued. Beautiful picture here of resting in the Lord. I love this. Let's read 13.1. Now Joshua was old, advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, you are old, advanced in years. And there remains very much land yet to be possessed. 
It's believed that Joshua now is some 90 years old. He's about 90 years old. And in some of the translations, it says he was stricken in years. He was stricken in years. Doesn't necessarily mean that he was old, but it's talking about a feebleness that sometimes accompanies old age. It's a, it's a feebleness. The Lord told him that there was still much land to be taken care of. My point here is, although they could reflect on the past accomplishments of the Lord, they could not rest on those achievements. Let me repeat that. Although Israel could reflect on what the Lord had accomplished for them, they could not rest on those achievements. Now, you know where I'm going, Christian. The Lord has done mighty, mighty works in our lives. We can't rest on those works because the Lord still has mighty, mighty works to do. And for some unknown reason, He's chosen us to do it in. So we need to ever be thinking of that. The Lord told Joshua there's still much land to be conquered. Still much land. They could not rest on their achievement that if they did, the God's purpose for the nation would never be realized. And this is exactly what happened. They rested on their accomplishments. Because what was going to happen now, Joshua was going to give the land out. He's going to give the land out as inheritance to the rest of the tribes. And it was up to each tribe then to conquer and possess what was in their territory. Because there were still inhabitants in the land. Else why would the Lord say, there's still a lot of work to be done. Still a lot of land to be conquered. As far as we have come, Christian, as far as we've come in our victorious life, there's still a lot of work to be done. There's still a lot of things to be conquered in our own lives. There's still a lot of places that we need to have submitted to the Lord and given to the Lord. No matter how much we've done or how much the Lord has done in our lives, there's still a lot of work to do. We should never sit back and relax as a Christian. We should never be satisfied with what God has given us to the point where we don't want any more. You've heard me say before, if God wants me to have it, by golly, I want it. I want it. When it comes to God, I'm greedy. I want everything he wants for me. That's the way the Christian should be. We should want all of our, our Father, all of our Jesus. We should want all. There's a great lesson here. As victorious Christians, there are still battles to fight. Some of us who are advanced in years, maybe not as many battles as some of you who are younger in years. But there are still battles to be fought. We must face them. We must allow the Lord to fight those battles and be victorious in those battles as he has in the other battles in our lives. As he already has in the most victorious battle when it was all defeated on the cross. But we want the power We want the power in our lives. We want the power in our lives to be a Paul writing to his beloved son in the faith, Timothy, in 2 Timothy 4-7, when Paul declares, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Man, I want us to be able to say that. I want us to be able to say, we fought the good fight. 
I never gave up fighting for you, Lord. I never gave up fighting for the, what you want me to have. I never gave up submitting to you. I never lost faith. And faith is extremely important. Because Jesus clearly says, when I come back, will I find faith? Will I find faith? Remember in the opening pages. The opening pages of the book, back in chapter 1. The Lord told Joshua, every place you put your foot, I've given to you, Joshua. The land is yours. The land is totally yours. I've conquered it everywhere. Now go and claim it. The abundant life, Christian, has been given to you on the cross. Go and claim it. Go and take it that's yours, that is rightfully yours, through the Holy Spirit. Claim the abundant life. Live the abundant life. What was Joshua supposed to do? He was supposed to survey the land, and then he was supposed to say, okay, okay, Judah, here's your land. Benjamin, here's your land. On through the tribes. And they were all going to get a parcel because it was their inheritance. Because it was their inheritance. Only one tribe did not get a parcel of land. Who was it? Why? What was their inheritance? God. God was their inheritance. Because they were priests. And they attended to the Lord. They didn't get a land. Each tribe must go in and possess the land. They must drive out the inhabitants. And so we come to another beginning in the book of Joshua. It's the beginning of the rest of the book it's called. In 13.1, it begins the rest of the saga here. Unfortunately, Israel never achieved the purpose that God had planned. That Israel never achieved that. And this was one of their tragedies of the nation. Their failure to continue until they had taken all the land that God had promised. Now, we need to look at this carefully. Like I said, we just can go through this and blitz through, but we can't. Because there's a spiritual application here. As I told you before, coming into the promised land and taking the land as promised has a spiritual sequel. It's a life of victory, walking in the Spirit of God. God wants you to know and have this victory over the flesh, over the old life, through the Holy Spirit. God has promised you that victory. God has promised you that victory in Christ Jesus. It's a victory that you have to have, and you have to say it's mine, and you have to live it. Lay claim to it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we apply this lesson to our lives from Scripture... That Jesus is our heavenly inheritance that God has a purpose for each of us to enjoy. So there's a comparison here. What the land was to Israel, Jesus Christ is to us. If you follow through God's word, you can see that all the territory that we as Christians have possessed are given to us in Jesus Christ. Again, Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. Everything we have in Christ been given to us by our faith in Jesus Christ. We have a rest from our enemies. Been acquired by the Lord because he has been victorious as he's overcome the world on the cross. Our inheritance is not being a part of Christ. Our inheritance is having all of Christ. Being in him. As he prayed in John 16, Father, that they and I would be one like you and I are one. Being one in Christ, we need to have all of that. 
In order to have all of that, we must claim it and give all of ourselves back. All of ourselves. This is God's purpose for us. Receiving everything that Christ has given to us is God's purpose for us. And therein lie the abundant life. But our possession is our part we actually receive is the part of Christ we receive by faith. Everything I'm talking about we have by faith. Everything we have we have by faith. I know that we cannot say that we have claimed all that Christ has for us. Have you claimed all that Christ has for you tonight? Can you truly look at me and say, I got it all? I might have to question that. I might have to question whether you have all that Christ has obtained you for. Sadly, very sadly, as we spoke earlier, some of us are very satisfied to have less than all of God wants for us. Oh, we're saved. We have Christ. We've received him. But we don't want it all. We don't, we don't want everything. We're satisfied to be on the other side of the Jordan River. We're satisfied to still be in the wilderness. We have Christ. We can't understand why we just can't get there. But yet we're holding on to things in our lives. We're allowing the world to seep into our lives. We're allowing Facebook to be the place we go instead of the Word of God. We're allowing all these things to take us away from God. And God gave everything He had to you. So why shouldn't He expect nothing less back? But we're satisfied with it. We're very, very similar to the tribe of Gad, the Reubenites, and the half a tribe of Manasseh. We're similar to them. And sadly, I told you what happened to them. I don't want to see that happening to you. They were blessed by God. The Christian who hasn't lived in the abundant life is blessed by God, but they're not enjoying the fellowship with other Christians. I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. Well, I could argue with that. There's some scriptures that I could throw at you that might argue with that. I've said before, you go through a bad time, and any every one of us will go through a bad time. You have a bad day. I had a rotten day. This went wrong, that went wrong, this went wrong, that was wrong, and I got to go to Bible study tonight. I'm not going. The first thing we throw out is the one thing we need. I'm not going to Bible study. I had a bad day. We do that. The one thing we need the most is the one thing we throw away. Because here we get fed. We get built up. We mingle with other Christians. And the Holy Spirit does a great work within and through us. We hear the word of God and we're encouraged. We hear the word of God and we're strengthened. I don't, sometimes it's difficult for me, to, for me to make it from a Wednesday to a Sunday. I just, it's incredible. Sadly, these Christians like Israel in the end, they haven't conquered all that God would have us conquer. I hope that's not you. It might be. I know in my life there's some things that God wants me to conquer that I haven't conquered. He's still working on me. I'm a work in progress. I'm under construction. He's still doing a work in me. And he brings those things up. I fought battles, but he's desired me to fight. But, you know, sometimes I evade the battle. Sometimes I go, eh, I don't really want to fight that one. Sometimes I evade the battle as he brings it for me and tells me he wants this conquered in my life. Sometimes I just ignore it. But instead of being depressed by all this, we'd be saying, Lord, lead me to higher ground. Instead of wallowing, you know, we say, Lord, I want more of you. More love, more power, more of you in my life. There's another song. I want more of you, Lord. I can't get enough of you, Lord. I want more of you in my life. The spirit-filled life, we don't fight for victory because we rest in the completed work of the cross. I said that. 
Resting in the completed work of cross means walking in victory. I'm walking in victory. I'm sorry if I yelled. Sometimes I just get a little excited. Can't contain myself sometimes. I don't, I'm not trying to get anybody's attention, but, I, you know, that's the Lord's job. Christ has won the victory. We need to walk in it. We need to walk in the victory that has been presented to us. Joshua led the Israelites to victory and brought the land to rest. We read that in 11.23. The land rested from war. When Christ cried out, Teletestai, it is finished. He won the victory on the cross and gave to us a rest. A rest from that fight. This wasn't the cry of defeat. This wasn't a cry of a whimpering person. This was a victory cry. This was a cry of victory. It's done. It's completed. This was a triumphant shout of a warrior who was victorious over the greatest enemy the world has ever seen or ever will see. The work is complete. The price has been paid. That's why he says in Matthew 11, come to me. Come, heavy laden. Come, and I'm going to give you rest. Rest for your soul. Rest from the work you've been trying to accomplish for me all along in the flesh. Have faith and come to me. You and I can enter into a rest right now because of what Christ has accomplished on the cross. He fought the war and he won. We get the inheritance of eternal life by having faith in him. Tragic things is so many Christians start off right. We start off in the spirit in a very powerful way. We make great initial spiritual strides in our life, but then all of a sudden we hit a plateau. And I've heard it called, when I was first saved, I, I heard people talking about it. And it just drives me crazy when I hear, oh, well, you know, there's a honeymoon period. What do you mean there's a honeymoon period? Oh, when you're really in love with the Lord and all of a sudden things plateau. No, 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 no. Should never be a honeymoon over period. There's always should be going straight up. There's always should be a wonderful time period. Always mountaintop experiences. Even when we come to the valley, experiences of wonder, experiences of growth. My life in Christ should never plateau. It should never plateau. People hit a spiritual plateau, and when that happens, complacency settles in. We become complacent. We become complacent in our love for the Lord, and we're no eager for the conquest. Eh, let somebody else fight that battle, you know. I gave out tracts before. You know, I just don't want to do that anymore. I told somebody about Christ. You know, I don't want to do that anymore. We, we, we become complacent. We won't share the love of Christ anymore. We won't share it. It's sad. Sad. We're not really striving towards the mark of the prize of the high calling. We're not pressing onward. Instead, we're hanging around. All of a sudden, we kick back in spiritual ease. We rest on all those past victories. Yeah, remember in 1989 when the Lord did that? That was great. But that's what we're resting upon. The Lord just wants to do so many wonderful things. Folks, he's coming soon. He's on the horizon. He's coming soon, but yet there's work to be done. And as long as we have breath, as long as we wake up every morning and take a deep breath, we should be about his business of working for him. Telling people about him. Showing people him. Shouldn't be saying everything that's past is gone. But that's what post-Christian means. Post-Christian means it's come and it's gone. And the world is now looking at the United States as a post-Christian nation. Christianity's moved on. There's nothing fresh. Well, I can remember the great days of the Lord. Well, what was that, Yesterday? Or today, I hope it was today, a great day in the Lord. 
Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So many scriptures that tells us we should rejoice daily. Little days in the little church when things were so much fun. God wants us to have an experience right now. Today. Today is the day of salvation. We continue living in salvation. Israel came to a place where they were satisfied. They were content and they didn't press on to the victory that God had given them. Beware of spiritual plateaus. Beware of spiritual complacency when you come to a place where you're spiritually satisfied and you want no more. When you want nothing else, I'm through, I'm done. This is as far as I need to go. I don't desire to go any further. I'm going to rest on the things in my life. I can live with them. Mm. When you start living comfortable in your flesh, you are dangerously on dangerous ground. Remember, our flesh is in constant enemy with our spirit. Constant enemy. You can read that in Galatians 5.17. They oppose each other. How important is this to press onward into the full possession that God has given us in Christ Jesus. The full possession of the abundant life that God has given us through Christ Jesus. There's much land to be possessed, he says. Tells the territory that are not conquered yet. As we move on, you're going to see that there's considerable land to be conquered. Joshua is going to divide everything to the tribes. There can be no satisfaction in a partial inheritance. If you're resting on just a partial inheritance from the Lord, there should be no satisfaction there. God wants us to keep pressing forward. Let me leave you with some questions today as we wrap this up. How much of Jesus do you have? How much of you does he have? You may say, Jesus, I want all of you. But when it comes to him saying, I want all of you, you're going, well, you can have this and you can have that. We can't have that one. You can have this. Likewise with the Bible. How much of the Bible, does the Bible possess you? I mean, when you read it, does it, does it speak to you? Does it, does it fill you with, with, with grandeur? Do you walk in the blessings? Do you walk in God's blessings? Do you walk in the blessings to talk to others about Christ or answered prayer? We have been so many blessings by answered prayer. The abundant life that God has given us through Jesus Christ. The victory that was won on the cross is yours and mine to take. It's ours to take. Have we taken all of it? I think we've just scratched the surface. I think we've just scratched the surface and there's so much more to take. Let's take it all. Let's take it all. Let's be greedy and take what he's already given to us. Let's be greedy and say, yes, we want this, Lord. We want this for our church. We want this for our families. We want this for our friends. We want this for our workplaces. We want this for every place we know. We want this, Lord. Yeah, we want to take it. We want to take it for you. And that's what we should want. That's what should be our cry. That should be our battle cry. His cry, it's finished. It's finished. Walk in it. Walk in the victory of Jesus Christ. Walk in the completed victory. Don't let anything slip out of your fingers. The book of Joshua details the Israelites' journey into the land promised them by God and the various adventures they encountered along the way. Through it all, one thing is clear. God keeps His promises and protects His people. Pastor Dave Shank will continue to teach through this Old Testament book on the next edition of Cape Watch Radio. But in the meantime, we'd like to direct you to our website at capewatchradio.com. 
Listen to an archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave or download and share them with your friends and family. You can also subscribe to Cape Watch Radio by searching on iTunes. Take biblical teaching with you wherever you go. It's a great way to add spiritual teaching to your already busy life. While we're so blessed to be able to bring you verse-by-verse studies straight from God's Word, we hope this isn't your only source of spiritual nourishment. The Bible impresses upon us the importance of community and the need to find a church family to help you grow in your walk with God. If you haven't found a church home and are in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May, each Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We meet to worship our Creator and study more deeply the guidance He's given us in the Bible. For our address and directions, please give us a call at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. Or visit our website at capewatchradio.com. That's all the time we have for today. But be sure to join us again for more on Cape Watch Radio.